Hi, I'm Rob, one of the small group leaders in student ministries here at Brookwood Church. I'm with Ryan Hendrick, who is our pastor of Switch for fifth and sixth grade students, Chris Birch, our access pastor for seventh and eighth graders, and our high school crave pastor, which is Kevin Nunnery. A lot of parents have had questions about a movie that just came out last week, Beauty and the Beast. The director, Bill Condon, was interviewed in a UK magazine, it's called Attitude, about an exclusively gay moment. Now, here's what he says, and I quote, LeFou is somebody who one day wants to be Gaston and the other day wants to kiss like Gaston. He goes on to say this. He's confused about what he wants. It's somebody who's just realizing that he has these feelings. And Josh, who's the actor, makes something really subtle and delicious out of it. And that's what has a payoff at the end, which I don't want to give away. Well, director Bill Cotton claims that his Beauty and the Beast features Disney's first gay moment. Adults will likely notice the film's obvious homosexual innuendos and recognize them for what they are. But will the kids? Everything Ryan and Chris and Kevin are basing all their thoughts on today are based on biblical truths. You should know this fact, that Brookwood's key mission is to love God and love people. Really what it boils down to is we want to communicate love through grace and through truth. We want to be gentle with the way that we communicate it, uh, but at the same time, we do need to do it in a truthful way that's faithful to what God tells us to do. So having said that, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery, or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. So let's get into the scene of question in Beauty and the Beast. What is it? A lot has been made of the final scene, and what we would say after having seen the film is it's not so much the final scene as it is a lot of very subtle things throughout the movie. Uh, Gaston is a man's man, and his right-hand man is, is a guy named LeFou. LeFou clearly is enamored with Gaston and how accomplished he is, but there's some confusion there. It's more than just a friendship. He's confused about his feelings towards another man. It just kind of builds in subtle glances, just being around each other, there's very much a, a an undertone of, of something there. Uh, it ultimately culminates towards the end of the film. Uh, another character that's not Gaston has wound up in women's attire. And at the very end, LeFou, uh, who we know has some confusion about his sexuality, um, winds up dance partners with this man who is dressed as a woman. There's a very brief pause, and then the scene is over before you can blink. So a lot of it is left up to the viewer's imagination, um, but that is the scene in question. One of the biggest questions a lot of parents have is, should I really take my kid to see this movie? I say the answer depends. Uh, Ultimately, what it boils down to is, are you willing to watch the movie with your kid or with your students and when it's done, are you willing to willing and able to have that conversation with them uh, to unpack it so that they understand what happened, what the mentality was, why people think that way, and ultimately why we don't land on that particular standpoint, why we believe that that kind of lifestyle is not right and why it does not line up with God, what God tells us to do. So if you're you have a mature student or kid, and they've encountered these things before, and this is just another uh, th- this is another opportunity for you ha- to have a conversation about that. Then, 
I mean, go for it. Uh, if your kid has not really been exposed to that and you're not sure how they would handle that and that's a matter of question, then it may not be wise. Ultimately, what I would recommend is the ball is in your court as a parent. Uh, just there are going to be a lot of great parents that say, you know what, I'm going to take my kid to see Beauty and the Beast and we're going to have an awesome conversation about it. There are also a lot of great parents that are going to say, you know what, I don't think my kid is ready for this, but this is a conversation that I'll want to have with them later. So ultimately the ball is in your court. I would pray about it and I would leave it up to you. This certainly is not unique to Beauty and the Beast. I mean, this goes far above and beyond just this one movie. If you are looking out in at our media today, like there's so much stuff happening. So sometimes you have a movie that comes out, it's Disney, uh, Beauty and the Beast, and there's that one thing uh, and everyone jumps on. But if we really open our eyes and look around, we see it everywhere. Uh, kids for video games, we just, uh, Overwatch just had a character that came out uh Kids shows. Uh, Ryan, what was the name of that show? It was Legend of Korra. It was uh, several years ago, but uh, over the course of it, it was ended up being four seasons. And in the very last episode, it showed that the main character was in fact gay. Yeah, and there was no lead up into that. It just happened. And I know Kevin, you were watching a show. What's your your favorite show that you cry to every day? <laughs> Thanks for that, Chris. So my wife and I every single week watch This Is Us. It's one of the biggest shows on network television right now, and we have gotten drawn in by these characters. We feel um, so emotionally invested, and that's why seven or eight episodes in, it was quite a shock that a character um, all of a sudden had a gay backstory, and it was not something that had been alluded to in any way at all. I believe that's intentional. Once they've got you invested in these characters, they then want to kind of come behind and then uh, almost pigeonhole this this backstory in. It's kind of like a sucker punch from our culture, which we're told, like, and we're going again with our, our biblical background, which God's, uh, Jesus is saying, don't, don't follow the world. Uh, it will lead you astray. It will corrupt you. Like, this is everything we have. Music, um, if we start listening to all the type of music that your kids are listening to, uh, you hear all this different stuff that's being said. Of course, we're not going to say, go do these things. Um, it, it, you just have to be careful what you're doing it with. And I think it's also important to make the distinction that we, we need to level the playing field here. Homosexuality is not its own special sin that is way worse than any of the others. Kevin, would you mind reading the, the verse from 1 Corinthians, please? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, worship idols, commit adultery, are prostitutes, practice homosexuality, or are thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusers, or cheaters, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. So I think the point that that we're trying to make here is this is one sin in a list of many. It's not saying, hey, if you do some of these things, but especially homosexuality, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. I mean, sin is sin in God's eyes, so... Uh, if we're guilty of one of them, we're guilty of all, and we just need to be careful that we don't elevate homosexuality as a sin that's way worse than the others when, in God's eyes, it's it's all the same. As a matter of fact, Kevin, you had talked about um, there being a balance. What I fear is that people who are looking at us as Christians, they'll see this imbalance in our judgment of sins. They, they will see us really going after the homosexual agenda or homosexual people, and that's not what we're here to do. It's easy to to put that up on a pedestal and call it this this horrible, bad, evil, it's the worst thing. But parents, I would challenge you to think about, do you take as rigorous a stand when there's heterosexual sin on display or gratuitous violence um, or foul language? These are the things that um, can also impact your student in a very drastic way. The things that we consume 
Um, what we hear, what comes in is what comes back out. So I would challenge you to not just focus in on one or two special areas, but to really exercise that wisdom in all areas of what your student's consuming. Okay, I'm a parent of a teenager, elementary student, so I got both in the home. What are some things that I can do as a parent to keep up to date on what's going on that my kids are consuming on a daily basis? Well, take a look at the movies that they're watching, and you watch them. You look at the books that they're reading, and you read them. You look at the games that they're playing. You play those games, the music they're listening to. You listen to that music. Does it mean that you're going to you know, end up watching some movies or reading some books that you really don't like that much? Yeah, absolutely. But the important thing is that you engage with what your student is engaged in. It's a good idea for you to know what they are consuming so that you can speak into it, you can have good conversations, you can remind them of what God wants, and if necessary, you can tell them, hey, this is not a good thing for you. I want you to stop reading this or watching this because this does not line up with what God wants for you. Engage with what your students are engaged in. Now, there's some things that can help out. Like, for instance, there is a movie review site that's available through Focus on the Family, and it's called Plugged In. I, I go to that a lot, and I'm I'm an adult where I'll want to see what kind of content there is in a movie and just make sure that, you know, if I'm in a, in a movie theater with this thing, am I going to want to be trapped in this movie theater with this particular content? So I go into that as well. So another resource is VidAngel. And Ryan and I have actually used this uh, a few times. And you pretty much, you stream a video, you rent it for $2, and you can put in filters for stuff that you don't want to see. You can take out language, you can take out violence, you can take out sexual scenes, nudity, whatever it is, uh, and it just cuts it and it skips through those parts in the movie it's pretty fantastic and at the end you just resell the video back and it comes out to two dollars but it is a great way to do that and i know uh, we have one more uh, kevin what is that source so another resource we want to make you aware of is ClearPlay. it functions uh, in a very similar fashion uh, as VidAngel. you can go on uh, you can download the filters for whatever movie that you're streaming and watch it that way. But they actually also sell DVD and Blu-ray players um, themselves that they will physically ship to your home, and then it can wirelessly download the filters. And the same thing, you can um, edit out the language, the violence, the blood, um, any sexual content. Uh, it's just a great resource for you to have total control over how much of a movie uh, makes it to your screen. We really hope this has been helpful to you today. If you have any further questions and you want to reach out to us, we're always available. Our email is students at brookwoodchurch.org. Thanks for joining us for our student ministry podcast. 